1972, a crack commando unit was sent to a liturgical prison by a canonical court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security diocesan stockade to the ecclesial underground. Today, still wanted by the Vatican, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, then you should listen to Liber Cristo War College. Welcome to Wednesday, Lieber Cristo War College, Virgin Most Powerful. We have a uh, special guest. I'm your host, Dan Schneider. Jesse is on special duty today. Uh, deep cover, as they say in law enforcement. Who knows? He could be sitting outside your house uh, doing a little spy work, sitting in a van, unmarked van, uh, with headphones on, listening into your conversation, uh, uh, peeking into the windows, doing some sort of uh, spooky undercover work. So today I brought in my special guest. Mr. Doug Barry. Doug, welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, Dan, good to be with you. Sounds yeah. a little uh, little creepy with the way you just described what Jesse could be doing. But you know that 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 undercover work where they're sitting in a van, they're drinking coffee and eating donuts, and uh, and and they're just doing their uh, yeah uh, undercover work. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I get yeah, it. Yeah. It's a great it's a great image. Yeah, and I could see see him fitting right into that. When you come on the show, Doug, here's the thing. It's 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 we're going to power lift for Jesus today. That's it. We're going to we're going to give power lifting techniques. You know, this is no pain, no gain Christianity. Right? Yeah, this is free right. weights, not Nautilus. No, no, we're right. we're just you're, you're yeah. moving. If some you want to break, pick up the cow. What are those things called? The kettlebell kettle kettleballs kettlebell yeah. kettlebells. Yeah. Pick those up if you don't like free weights. But uh, mm. we're we're going to we're going we're gonna, to we're going to turn to reburn today. Time to move some iron around. Yep. Hey, yeah. you know, speaking of iron, I was yeah. uh, I've been working on uh, before we start the show. I, I told you uh, that I was going to work on the litany, the litany of saints for someday when they canonize you. Since you always give me the kindness of making <laughs> fun of me when I go on your show, I thought I would uh, throw out some of the titles in the litany of saints for Doug Berry. Okay. Uh, Doug Berry, patron saint of gym rats, for us. <laughs> embracer of leg day. For, nobody likes leg day, right? Embracer of leg <laughs> That's day. Right. That's right. Instructor of body and soul. Okay. Right. All right. <laughs> Doug, all natural, right? Yes, that's uh, true. Teacher of survival. Okay. Singular in muscularity. <laughs> most most jovial among lay evangelists. Uh, Doug, whose intercession is like creatine for the soul, <laughs> right? Just gives you that little extra push, oh, right? Okay. Gentle bodyguard of the Redeemer, oh. right? <laughs> and Doug, who sometimes returns my phone calls. <laughs> who keeps everyone guessing no but welcome to the show doug i appreciate it oh that's awesome that's awesome no, so before I we get started that. i want to i want to get into uh today's uh remember pb herman had the secret word of the day today's secret word i'm going to get to it in a minute but before we do that what's going on what are you what are you and father heilman up to oh uh, well just still doing the podcast u.s grace force podcast we put it out once a week we're doing it for over four years now four and a half years people can check it out they want to go to our YouTube channel, U.S. Grace Force, or they can go to usgraceforce.com. That's uh, the website that just covers everything U.S. Grace Force. And yeah, we're just knocking out guests uh, every week on different subjects. And, you know, we've been focusing on a lot of the stuff happening. We like to focus on stuff happening in the world, kind of try to get a good mix of, you know, what's happening in the world and what's happening in the church. Just kind of a good mix of it all. Try to try to be, we'd like to say, hopefully a voice of reason so we don't get too caught up in certain things uh, that it becomes just more emotive and more dramatic. And just want to really kind of keep it grounded, you know, because there's a lot happening and there's a lot of confusion and a lot of a lot of misleading out there. And then in addition to that, I'm still doing the BRC, Be Ready Coalition. And Be Ready Coalition is about uh, training body, mind and soul. It's uh, a monthly course that we do. 
People can sign up at brcoalition.com if they're interested. It's monthly kind of coaching training. We focus a lot on spiritual, but we do also address things such as, well, I just got these in the mail uh, two days ago or yesterday. I got them yesterday. Survival tabs. Okay. These are like not really meal replacement, but this is sort of thing. Each tablet's got 240 calories in it and a whole host of vitamins in it. This is the sort of thing, you know, we encourage people, you know, you have a few of these things around in your vehicle in case you're stranded somewhere. Uh, so we, we do things like that where we help people, you know, be better prepared physically, water, food, shelter, medical defense, and really looking at it through the eyes of what the Catholic Church teaches and the responsibility we have as Christians to be prepared to not only take care of ourselves since we are a temple of the Holy Spirit, but also care for others, such as the corporal works of mercy. So it's a good mix of of uh, body, mind, and soul is what we focus on. So that's yeah, the yeah, BRC, that's... the Be Ready Coalition part. Exactly. I, I like how you break it down, body, mind, and soul. And 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 really, we need to be, uh, that kind of parallels the need for purity and thought, word, and deed. Mm -hmm. um, but body, mind, soul is critical. We have to give all of ourselves to the Lord. And, and, and you know, we have to be, we have to stay physically fit. Right. I mean, I, I I felt so compelled. I went down to the gym and 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 got a good pump in because you were going to be on the show. I had to make sure I <laughs> I, I was ready for you. Uh, you no, know, but we have to be ready. And you know what? I used to work out. I was I was obsessed with workout. It was uh, instead of prayer, I, I used work exercise as stress relief. And it's still good for stress relief. I'm not yeah. saying that don't do it for that reason. But right. but, uh, um, you know, I did it for me. I did it because I wanted to, I wanted to, to gain a, a temporal crown in the ring as an amateur fighter. Uh, I did it because I wanted to look good or whatever uh, as a young man. Now that I'm older, I have to force myself to the gym many times and, and to tell myself, uh, look, um, Lord, I don't, I'm not doing this to look good. Cause look, those days are over. I'm not doing it to, I'm doing it to stay healthy. So I can, I can, I can be healthy in my body, mind and soul to serve the yeah. Lord. As long as he asked me to serve him, whatever yeah. capacity it isn't to avoid suffering. Um, uh, because, but we do, we do stay in shape. We do, we do, uh, um, you, you give up, you pay a price here to enjoy a benefit here physically. So, so I think that's part of it. Uh, um, also the, the, uh, uh, um, you know, I had a guy that, that, that came to me when I was in Germany and he said, Hey, I, I, I heard that the father Ripperker's guys in Germany and he flies, drives like three hours to see me. And he starts complaining about all his wife and his problems. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he's doing all the litanies, he's doing all the novena prayers, and but his wife still doesn't respect him. His wife, you know, I know that I'm the head of the household. My wife should respect me. And I was tired, man. I had like I was on like 24, 27 straight hours. I was car sick from driving up the mountains of the of the uh, uh, going to the the we went to the 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 floodwater, the headwaters, the Danube River, where the Buron Abbey is, where the St. Benedict Medal was originally struck. Nice. And so, and but I was car sick. I was tired. I was crabby. So you're and, in a, yeah, you're in a great mood for this. I was so. in a great mood. I was in a great mood. Yes. <laughs> and so I was just, you know, sometimes the filter just lowers. And so I just, <laughs> I just said, look, all right, you say your wife doesn't respect you. You say it's because there's demons everywhere. When's the last time you looked at pornography? And it was a long pause. He says, man, I don't do that. I don't do that anymore, man. I don't do that. I, I haven't looked at pornography in like six weeks. I said, okay. When's the last time you smoked marijuana? Oh man, I gave that stuff up a long time ago. How long? Uh, three, four weeks. I, I said, and you complain your wife doesn't respect you. You know, a woman, a woman will follow a man in right order in a Christian home. Yeah. But she has a hard time following a boy. Mm. You're 50, 75 pounds overweight. You don't make your bed every morning when you, you sleep in. You can't hold a job down. You you don't exercise. You you're looking at pornography, dirty magazines, right? Uh, uh, you're smoking marijuana instead of praying. You you cannot even show a, the ounce of discipline for yourself, and you wonder why 
your wife doesn't respect you and your children are running wild on your home. Get yourself in order. And what you're doing at BRC is great. It's mind, body, and soul. It's all of those things. Because we are a mind, body. Here's the here's yeah. the 15, let me think, $35,000 work. That's about what I've got in education. The Army paid for my undergrad, but the rest <laughs> of it was on, on me. Uh, 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 hylomorphic. We are a hylomorphic being. That means we're a body-soul composite. We're a body-soul composite. And so, and so we, we, we cannot just be disembodied people. This is, you know, this is part of the spirituality of the, of, of the genius of Western, Western Catholicism. And that is embracing the incarnationality uh, of the spiritual life. So what you guys are doing is fantastic work. And I encourage our listeners to, to jump in there if they can and, and take a look and see what you're doing. I appreciate that. And, and you're right about that. You know, we're, we're not supposed to over-spiritualize things to the point where the body is just not important anymore. I mean, it still is, as St. Paul says, a temple of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, you know, speaks about this. I think it's paragraph 2288, that, that life and health are precious gifts from God, and that we have a moral responsibility to take reasonable care of that health. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's a duty, you know, and, and really the healthier, the stronger I am, like you said, the better I can serve those around me that God has entrusted to my life, to my care. So I'm the same way. I mean, I work out maybe four or five, I'd say at least five days a week, sometimes six. And sometimes it's a 15 minute workout, 20 minute workout, and it's light. Sometimes I'm doing the heavier ones, the harder ones, and it's a mix of all kinds of things. But, you know, when I do it, it's not, oh, I'm excited about this. You're right. Those days are gone. I used to compete in powerlifting, and I did I did the whole Olympic weightlifting, which is the clean and jerk and the snatch, the stuff you see in the Olympics. I mean, I did all that when I was younger, but I've been staying in shape because I know that God has a call for me to be in some way, shape, or form healthy so that I can do what he calls me to do to the best of my ability and be ready to protect those and care for those around me. And I, I can't use the excuse, well, I'm getting older now, therefore, you know, somebody breaks in the house and I've got to defend my wife. I mean, all my kids have moved out now. So I got to defend my wife. And if my grandkids are over or anybody else who comes into my home, I have a responsibility to be in shape, to be able to handle and address whatever the situation is to the best of my ability. Um, it's, you know, you think about the corporate works of mercy, Dan, we just had recently had that, that scripture passage, you know, in mass where, you know, the, the son of man sits in the glory of all the angels there and before on the throne before all the nations. This is Matthew chapter 25, and it's a separation of sheep and goats, and it gets into the corporal, the part about feeding and clothing and giving drink, and we are to care for these things. Um, and not just in a shabby sort of, yeah, we'll see, we'll throw some crumbs sort of way. But if I'm healthy and strong, even moderately and reasonably, then I can care for people much, much better that God puts in front of me. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, uh, uh, I'm not sure where it, where it is in scripture, but how, how can you love the neighbor you, how can you love the God you can't see if you can't, if you can't love the neighbor you do see? Mm, but yeah. it flows from the spiritual works of mercy as primacy in the spiritual life. And in the Catholic tradition, the spiritual works of mercy have primacy. So we have to work on that first part that you see, mind, body, and soul. So uh, having clean thoughts, in controlling, mm -hmm. this is why on our protocol that we control the uh, we there's a complete shutdown of social media, and we focus on the praying the Angelus for a 30 consecutive day, kind of Exodus 90 for the soul. And I've got guys, Father Ripperger mentions this in a podcast, and I'll get 30 emails in three or four days. I'll get 10 emails a day for a week, and and so people asking to do the protocol. I'm now that's with six months ago he mentioned this on a podcast. I will go on your guys's podcast and mention it. And I'm getting emails from people from all over the world saying I, I was able to do this protocol, uh, your guys's Libra Cristo protocol, and which by the way we have it in the app store now. You can look it up and and do it as a discipline. 
Okay, Wednesday War College version most powerful with our special guest today, uh, Doug Barry. We're talking about mind, body, and soul. The, the importance of getting your mind right, because uh, we all at times have our dirt in the warden's hole. If you remember from Cool Hand Luke, uh, and we got to get the dirt out of the warden's hole, right? So, so sometimes you got to get our mind right, uh, uh, which means we got to think straight. Come, let us reason together, says says Isaiah. So today's secret word is ultra crepidarianism. Ultra crepidarianism. <laughs> so I was listening. I got a huge kick out of that. I was watching your podcast with Father Ripper because because people were sending that that particular one around. It was right after Bishop Strickland was uh, was uh, removed. And I know you. I want to talk briefly about that. And then when I get into the next segment, um, I want to get your reaction on on your own your own your own shepherd being removed. Um, and, and but also ultra. But I think it's I think Father in his in his of course most eloquent way says says uh, what we would say in the vernacular, uh, a know-it-all, blowhard. Um, the word literally means, and, and you know what? I had to look it up. I have a PhD, but I can't keep up with, with Father Ripper. So I'm like, wow. Yeah, I mean, he's like a fastball. I mean, you talk about, you know, I was a pretty good baseball yeah. hitter, but then you get a guy that can throw 102, 103 consistently, you know, plus plus, plus a curveball that'll drop three feet, you know. Well, um, yeah, I got I got to say it was funny when when we were in the show and I asked him the question about you know what you know we'll describe what alter crepidarianism means but I asked him the question he goes oh yeah that's uh that's a uh, crepidarianism oh okay <laughs> but yeah you try to spell that if I can yeah yeah and, so and then he just so, throws it out then he breaks it down and, and, yeah, and was, I think it's it was... significant because it goes back into you know uh, we would say in the military stay in your lane here's what it means expressing opinions on matters outside of the scope of one's knowledge or expertise mm-hmm. right so i thought that's a funky word and to me i'm a linguist you know so i really like the root meanings of words but i'd never heard of that so i looked it up a crapax crapax is creaking but it's cognate with the word for she- it's also a she goat so it's this creaking noise that a, that a she goat makes that's just whining and complaining uh, so then ultra means over the top, you know, so the, 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 the prefix ultra just means excessive, you know, or over the top. So this is o- over the top, bleeding, heinous sound, creaking like a goat. Uh, and that's what it sounds like when you when you when you sink into when you weigh into matters that you have no areas of, of either expertise or knowledge of. Right. So and I think we're, we're, we're seeing that um at, at this particular time and uh, even you know particularly in the political circles but even among catholic uh uh, uh you know commentators and catholic news there, there's a lot of she goat bleeding out there and people are speaking a little far out of their other scope uh, of knowledge uh and and we need to stay in our lane and stick to what we know what the lord has entrusted to us let us trust on others, as St. Paul says, uh, First yeah. Tim or Second Timothy too. What I, but now he's talking about the tr- handing over the tradition, the gospel. But if God has called you in a certain way, work on that. We need to find as our as our base. You know, we're all like MMA fighters, right? We're all, we're all, in a sense in the spiritual life, and we're and we're we're having to adapt to the modern the, the battle, the modern battle. But you have to begin the battle as a base. Everybody goes in to to the, the octagon either as a striker or as a, or as a grappler. You, your, your base might be it might be uh, uh, wrestling. Your base might be uh, uh, karate or whatever. But then you learn other techniques, and so we've got to start on the base, and that base is our our own background and training, our own experience. And, and and sticking to our families at the end of the day, God's not going to say, hey, Doug, how many um, how many followers did you have? Tell me about that. I mean, you I mean, at one time, I think you had one hundred thousand email people on your list and followers, Doug. Well done. 
or Dan, show me that PhD. Show me how you how you you passed your PhD and mm-hmm. and tell me the books that you've written. You know, he's not going to say that. He's going to say, "Hey, Doug, come on, line him up. Let's see your wife and your kids. Did you serve me? Did yeah. you grow in holiness? Did you pass on the faith? Yeah. You know, and 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 that and he's going to say the same thing to all of us. From our vocation, we battle." Our, our formational entry into the spiritual combat is our vocation. Mm-hmm. And then from there, as the Lord has handed over to us, I see this particularly in academia. You see somebody has a PhD in, say, history or catechetics, and all of a sudden they, 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 they think that they're an expert in moral theology or, or um, you know, or some other field that's not their field or scripture. You know, well, so, it, it, if I can jump in on this, I, I think at that that point, you know, I, I've been doing this work for 34 years where I've been out publicly traveling, speaking. You know, I've been in conferences all over the country and outside the country. I've been in parishes everywhere. I've spoken to literally hundreds of thousands of people that I'm EWTN. I'd had, you know, I did Life on the Rock for eight years. I Father Mark Mary co-hosted Life on the Rock. I mean, I've done all this work. And yet there's a lot I, I don't know about. And it's way outside my realm of expertise yeah. within the church. So when when people, you know, after Bishop Strickland was removed here in my diocese, you know, that then this was what, you know, got to the point of that question with Father Ripperger that that word ultracrepidarianism came up was I asked him, what do you think about all the people that have their opinions and their thoughts on what Bishop Strickland should do and how we should handle this and how we should all respond to this? And he just threw the word out. Uh, ultra-crepidarianism. Oh, okay. What does that mean? Everybody's coming in with this. I've got an attitude. I know I've got an opinion in my way, the right way, this and that. And I remember hearing that thinking, yeah. And that's where I think a lot of even people who have podcasts or have been speaking for years, you know, I've interviewed literally hundreds of people probably over the years, whether it was life on the rock or through us grace force or other areas that does not make me an expert on knowing what what should be done about certain things. And I I get very concerned about that in the church where we have people who, because they have a platform of some sort, it, it can it can there can be a temptation to feel like if I have a platform and I have a voice and I have some followers, therefore I have a valid position to say what I think should and shouldn't be. Is the Pope truly the Pope? Is he the anti-Pope? Is this, is that? You know, should Bishop Strickland fight back? Should we protest? Should we sign petitions? Should we this? Should we that? And then there are people who are actually coming out publicly saying what they think, no, what they know Bishop Strickland should do. And I've been in conversations with some of these people face to face where they would say he needs to do this and this. I say, but he is in an hour or two at least of adoration every day. Wouldn't the Lord tell him what he should do? If he truly is asking him, no, no, he's got to do this. Otherwise, we're all going to. And then there's a lot of what ifs and a lot of, you know, uh, extrapolation. I love that word, extrapolating. Extrapolation of what things will become and what the ramifications are going to be if he doesn't this and that. And, you know, Dan, I just get to the point where I think, like you say, like in the military, stay in your lane, do your job. It's like if this is a football field, the guard, the tackle, The tight end, these guys, they know what their job is. Do your job. And those 11 guys on the field, they'll move the ball down the field if they simply do their job. If that guard tries to be a running back, if that tight end tries to come over and play quarterback, you name it, you're going to have problems. And you know that in the military. I mean, you were a helicopter pilot, but if you all of a sudden decide you're going to be a foot soldier, you can't. You're you're in the cockpit of that that helicopter. This doesn't work. And it just and you you're not going to be telling the guys on the ground what they should and shouldn't be doing when your role 
is to guide that that bird through the air and make sure you're taking care of your responsibilities. So I, the whole thing yeah. really frustrates me, I guess, a little, not a lot. I don't get that carried away with this. But honestly, we see what's happening in the church. We see what's happening with the, the expert commentators out there on YouTube. Look, pal, your YouTube channel and your comments on YouTube are not, as you said, going to necessarily be the end-all, be-all when you stand before God. Ultimately, like you said, it's going to be, show me, you know, those that I entrusted to your care, where are they? What do they know? What direction are they pointing? Are they pointing to me? Did you teach them to point to me? Or are you busy just commenting on everything in the world and having your opinion be the most important thing? That That's just kind of a, something stuck in my crawl space when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, yeah, because there could be a temptation um, um, to, to, I'm always amazed at what, what some people are willing to do to get clicks. You know, and and, um, oh, yeah. and and again, um, you know, I think we need to be remind ourselves that we're in this for souls and not sales. You yeah. Know? And that we're yeah. here to proclaim the gospel. Remember, the, the the role of the laity is secular in nature. Right. It's secular in nature. So so our, uh, what that means is we go to the church, we get we get DDT, devil defeating theology. Then we go into the world. If you're a teacher, you're a Catholic teacher. You bring you bring Catholicism, and and even in a quiet way in a public school, you bring the faith. You know, you you bring it into the family construct, into the legal construct, into the into the you know business world. Whatever you're doing, you bring the gospel there. But but we we tend to we tend to mix up our roles. That that you know, if you want to petition, petition against Bud Light, Target, uh, petition with your checkbook. You know, against these organizations, even petition with your checkbook when, 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 when you're, when, you know, on certain, certain Sundays, like uh, in my personal uh, observation, my personal opinion and uh, experience, there's a lot of stuff in the Catholic campaign for human development. It's kind of suspicious. Some of the things mm -hmm. they donate to, fine. I don't have to give to them. I'll mm -hmm. give them, we're called to give money. Part, part of what we're called to is to support, support that the actions of the church. So we need to do that. We don't have to do it. We can find other organizations that are that are that are church organizations that will support it. But petitioning your local bishop isn't going to do it. You want to petition the local bishop? Go to the Blessed Sacrament. Petition our Lord in the Blessed yeah. Sacrament. Get on your knees. Do sacrifices for Him. Right? Uh, 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 you know that's that's how we petition. We petition on our knees for the Blessed Sacrament. Well, and I mean, so, Dan, think about think about kind of think about this. You know, the Blessed Mother comes to the children in Fatima, 1917. And she shows them the vision of hell. And she points out that Russia is going to spread the error of her ways. And there'll be a second world war if we don't stop offending God. She lays all this out. Very, very grave problems that are on the horizon if we don't change. And what is the answer, she says? Prayer and sacrifice. Pray the rosary every day. Sacrifice. You know, mortification. These types of things. And they don't have to be, you know, self-flagellation where you're whipping yourself. Let's just make sure we're, we're let's control what we're eating. Okay, let's control what yeah. we're putting in our mouth when it comes to the food, because we, we're, we're a, a people of excess to, the, to a large degree. We start mastering those passions. That speaks to heaven. And that's the most powerful way. So sign your petition. Okay, if it does any good, I don't know that anybody in Rome is going to listen to what I sign. Okay, but if I'm before the Blessed Sacrament and I'm on my knees and I'm stopping by the chapel, like I do this throughout the week, if I'm out running errands somewhere, I'll go out of my way. If I can't get the daily mass or something, I will at least swing over there by the church and drop in for at least 10 minutes of adoration. If we all redouble those efforts of prayer and sacrifice and going out of our way to get before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament or, yeah. or, or take 15, 20 minutes to sit still with your mother, your father, your, your husband, your wife, and pray a rosary every day, 
do those things. Let's make sure we're petitioning, like you said, heaven through the Blessed Mother. I think it was, I don't know if it was Father Ripping or somebody recently on the Grace Wars podcast said that one sigh, just a mm. sigh of the Blessed Mother is worth more than all of the saints in heaven combined. Why would we not go to her then for these issues with, with passion and with zeal? Yeah, She's the one that can take, turn the tide Take on this our petitions, all of our hurt, and we sigh to her. Yeah. From the heart. I mean, yeah, we have to do our prayers, our vocal prayers. But yeah. part of our mental prayer is engaging from the heart, taking our wounds, taking the, the, our struggles, our fears, everything that's bothering us. Every All of our, like, sometimes it's like, Lord, help the church. It's a disaster. Yeah. yeah. yeah but it's yeah. not my, you know, for, you know, uh, uh, for me, it's it, going back to ultra crepidarianism. Uh, um, St. Thomas Aquinas says opinion kills counsel. And so, and so um, hmm. I, I started to try to eliminate from my vocabulary. I think I feel my opinion is, well, what right. I think is, right. and I started, right. I, and I, and if I couldn't, if I couldn't replace that clause within my experience, I started keeping my mouth shut because if it's not in my experience, I'm not in my wheelhouse, right? We yeah. stay in our lane. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to we're gonna come back and look at uh, uh, Taylor Swift, uh, Father Reed Hill commentary in five seconds. Come on back after the break. Pistol by my side with my rosary beads. Bible by my ammo, man, I hope he's watching me. Overseas overnight, if I die, I know it's right. Freedom ain't free, pass the ammo, let's ride. Pass the ammo, praise the Lord, and pass the ammo. Let's let's give some let, let's give some specific examples. I'm going to do one, and I'm going to go into this this uh, comment uh, commentary re briefing by Father Rehill, an exorcist in in Tennessee. Um, a friend of mine was was going through. Uh, I got a friend of mine's retired special forces officer colonel, um, and uh, he had a Marine friend that was going through the, the qualification course. And the, and the Marine said to him, he kept at, at every phase, he kept asking him, how do I get through this phase? How do I get through that phase? And uh, what's the secret? We always look for the secret through, you know, and and, 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 and so my friend finally said, you want to how to get through special forces, uh, the Q course, um, keep your head down, keep your mouth shut and keep walking. You know, and that and that's kind of what 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 the spiritual life is. You got to stop looking too far ahead. You know, you have to you have to keep your head down, keep your mouth shut, keep walking. You grind it out with endurance. You trust the Lord. You pray. You set your you know you have a pattern that you live your life in a disciplined way. Now, one of the thing is going back to the, your what you talk about um, uh, mind, body, and soul. Um, the mind is such an amazing thing, and the way the mind works, and the enemy, the battle is, takes place in the imagination, in our memories, in our minds, so we have to be careful what we let into it, and so there's an article here that was on, on um, uh, LifeSite News, and also Church Pop, uh, quoting Father uh, Ree Hill, who's an exorcist in, I think, Nashville, a uh, good priest, yeah. uh, warning against the Taylor Swift concert, uh, the title is, Exorcist Warns Against Attending Taylor Swift Concerts Due to Witchcraft, uh, Taylor Swift, and this is the quote said from Father Dan Rehill, is probably attracting a lot of demons to her concerts with her imitation of witchcraft, 
um, and said that war that attendees should the warning that attendees could be attacked by demonic forces. He explained that will the Willow performance is a tour suggested of witchcraft and its use of black capes and representations of nature. He said the practice of witchcraft include include in, includes individuals trying to harness energy. They look at the earth with elements of fire, water, earth, and sky. They believe they can harness energy in some ways to do good. In some ways, uh, uh, the song echoes a longing to be in a romantic relationship, and she, uh, um, which previously Swift described like casting a spell to make someone fall in love with you. The problem with the concert, he says, is whether Taylor knew whether she was doing or not uh, to imitate witches. Um, doing this kind of ceremony during the show is irrelevant to the demons, even if her intent was not to practice any witchcraft or do any of the incantations. She's probably attracting a lot of demons to her concerts. And that's where the problem lies, because you can have these little girls who, you know, literally sort of worship her. And now they're putting themselves in a position where they could be attacked by demonic forces. And so what he's saying is, and of course, it's going to get poo-poo, just like people poo-pooed exorcists when they say that Harry Potter shouldn't be watched. When you, the, the exorcist, first of all, two things. One, the exorcist breathe a different air than you and I. They, they live at, they fly at a different altitude. They get, they get different intakes than we take, than we get. Number one. Number two is, is that the demon, what father is saying, and let me give you the intellectual foundation or theological foundation, that the demon only works in the objective. He only works in the objective. He drives us to the, the subject of, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that this was bad. But he stands as the accuser, it says in Revelation 12, day and night accusing the brethren. And so, and so he accuses us in the objective. And we participated. And I wonder I, when I looked at the video, how many of there, there were tens of thousands of people at this concert. How many of those bore the mark of Christ while she was doing a, 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 a witch ceremony? A reenactment of a ceremony, whether it was a reenactment or an actual, actual ceremony, we don't know, uh, where, they're, where they're definitely doing uh, um, ritualistic movements, occult movements. All of this is very liturgical and performing with invoking the elements, the garb, liturg everything about it is liturgical, paraliturgical and liturgical and mockery of the Catholic faith. Uh, uh, because guess what, Doug? This stuff works. Prayer mm. begets what it signifies. And so, so I bring this up because we, you talk about mind, body, and soul, and it's one thing to say, I know where John 6, you know, Mark 6, 3 says that Jesus had brothers and sisters, and, we, and, and here's how you can defend that, and there's a profaneous tradition that says this, and it could have been, you know, uh, yeah, that's fine. But now we have to say, okay, fine. We have to know the Catholic faith. We have to know it, but we have to practice it, and not just practice it, we have to live it. And that means allow parents knowing, don't make, most parents have made mistakes. So this is just a warning for parents. You have to watch what you let into your home. You have to guard all that, that the beauty that God has entrusted you in these children. It isn't to be rigid and fearful, but just to say, no, we're, we're going to we, we want to we want to be able to discern the clean from the unclean. Comments on that? Well, yeah. And I think in a big part of that also is you're 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 trying to lay down that perimeter. You're trying to protect from the enemy from get, protect your children so the enemy doesn't get into their lives. But you're also trying to train them and, and shape them and form them to have a discerning mind and, you know, the ability to have common sense to be able to pay attention to things and say, hey, you know what, that doesn't pass the smell test. I'm not going to go there because when they get out of the house, as we both know, our kids are all moved out. They, they, they go on and I can't monitor everything, but I can show them when they're under my roof that there are certain things that just have to have boundaries and there are certain things that just aren't good. And whether they're serious about it or not, this goes back to the age old 
oh, when it comes to certain music, I don't listen to the words. I just like the beat. Well, that doesn't mean the words aren't getting into your head. And what, like you said, once they're there, the demons could care less whether or not you or I want to take this seriously. It's an in. And if it's an in, they'll go for it. You know, I think you you and Father Ripker have both referred to the demons as, you know, the apex predator. I mean, they are they are the top of the line with regards to destruction, division, and the whole nine yards. They will take anything they can get. It's kind of like when we look at the other side, let's look at heaven, you know, and they'll say, you know, if you're lying, dying in a gutter and you just look up and utter the name of the Blessed Mother with any kind of reverence or hope, she'll be there. She's not going to say, ah, you know, you weren't serious enough about it. No, she's gonna yeah. she's gonna intervene. She's gonna intercede. She's gonna do what she can. I mean, the spiritual realm has that kind of very sensitive uh, antenna, if you will, to engage whenever someone either lowers their guard and the enemy says, "We we've got a crack in the wall. Let's exploit that crack in the wall." Yeah, but they're not serious about putting that crack in the wall. We don't care. They've they've let the crack form somehow. And in things like this with the Taylor Swift concerts, and this goes back, Beyonce was another one who's who's been um, very clear with this. Go back to Madonna back in the 80s and 90s. She put on shows and such. And there are many others out there historically that go back in our, call it the modern music if you want, the last 50, 60, whatever years. Go back to the 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, when we really started seeing the breakdown with music and entertainment, you know, television and things really started to erode. And here we are now, where we've got people that are so inundated, kids and even adults with Taylor Swift and the like, that they they, they just can't even see straight because it's so, um, I think even um, Kelsey, whatever the guy's name, the football player for the Chiefs, uh, Travis Kelsey, who um, you know was dating her, said in a quote somewhere, and I don't follow this, but it was on Fox News, it was a headline, the aura around her is just something he had never experienced before. Yeah. This aura. And and that kind of says it. There's something in the air about that level of of popularity and celebrity that is very hard to just you know on a human level to say no to. We've got to be thinking more clearly on this. That aura, aura is a great word, actually. I mean, the word actually describes the presence of something around or a yeah. projecting presence. And here's what the, this article says that that quoting Father uh, Father Rehill, um, an exorcist noticed that Wicca is a very fast growing. Uh, religion. It's one of the most fastest growing religions, uh, or, or or I'm not even sure you call it religion, but I guess you have to call it religion because it's what mm. it is. Yeah. Um, in fact, if you talk to your, if you have 20 something children, ask them and they'll tell you, yeah, among young girls, Wicca is wildly popular. Mm. It's very cool yeah. and very chic. For young boys, it's kind of weird. It's like, what are you like? Satan, like, what are you going to sacrifice a bull? But, but for women, it's very popular. For young women, it's kind of cool and chic. It's part of my culture. It's part of my my heritage, right? Uh, pointing out that uh, one hundred and thirty in two thousand one, there was a one hundred and thirty four thousand individuals in America self proclaimed witches in two thousand one, compared to two million today. Two million and look at what's happened wow. in twenty years. You talk about a you talk about a, a bracket creep that it's it's in twenty years we have now two million witches. I think that there's more witches than Presbyterians in this country. I, I don't know how many Presbyterians there are, but but I'm but I but but there's two million witches. There's, you know that, that's that's going to be larger than some certain denominations in this country. I'm not picking yeah. on Presbyterians, you know. Um, he added that witch paraphernalia is easily accessible online and in retail stores across the country. 
Swift has been accused of practicing Wicca, which, Wicca, which she's never publicly admitted doing intentionally. However, she's made mention of casting spells and joked about being a sorceress on social media. Um, anyway, so 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 we have to be aware that this is the culture that our, our, we're raising children in. And we have to do, again, holiness of thought, word, and deed. We have to watch what goes into our minds, but into the mind of our home. You know, you, you talk mm-hmm. about buttoning up your home, right? Buttoning up security in your home, because that's your job as the father, the head of household. You yeah. got to button up that. I know many guys are like, well, what would happen if I would say, what happens if uh, if somebody breaks in the window and wants to do bad things to your to your wife and your children? Uh, I'd take them down. Yeah, you take them down with a vengeance, right? With extreme yeah. prejudice. Yeah. When, why Then why would you leave the door, the window open? Oh, I locked the windows and I set the alarm. You got to do the same thing spiritually as well as now socially what we're allowing into our homes and again we're not we're not i'm not saying that we become amish we have to live in the world but not be of the world and we have to teach clean from unclean well yeah i mean it's it's very much along the lines of let's look at the natural side of it you know on on average in america based on fbi stats of even 15 years or so ago on average in america almost every two minutes a woman is assaulted well in the number one place that a woman is assaulted or abducted or robbed or mugged is is grocery store parking lots. Okay, now that's a fact. That's that's statistically true. Then you've got office parking lots for women, and then you've got women's restrooms. And this is before we had the gender issue, which only exacerbated the problem. So what do you do? Do you tell your, your wife and your daughters, no, don't go to a grocery store? Of course not. Don't don't come out of the office, you know, and, and walk to the parking lot if you work at an office. No, you, you don't rest. No, you train them, you teach them. You teach them how to handle the situation, but you teach them to avoid the occasion of violence, just like you teach them to avoid the occasion of sin. All right. All right. We'll wrap wrap up this segment, Doug. We're going to come back. I want to play a clip from Father Ripperger. We're going to talk about some practical things that we can do in our spiritual lives to to make our homes a Catholic home and our soul a Catholic soul. Welcome back to War College, Virgin Most Powerful. I'm with my good friend, Doug Berry. We're talking a, kind of a functional, practical approach to the spiritual life. And the last segment I want to talk, uh, well, we've got a little more time. Um, Richard, if you could, you could play that video short clip from Father Ripperger. I want that to be a lead in. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to talk a little about some functional, practical things uh, that we can do as Catholics. So Richard, if you can. I want to talk a little bit about obstacles in prayer because a lot of people just simply don't advance in the spiritual life because they're not consistent in the prayer life. Over the last three years, we noticed, and this is something, we keep statistics as exorcists in our community. We actually keep statistics on the number of people that approach us, how many people go through our protocol, how many people do what they're supposed to do. What we began to discover is a very distinctive pattern that was emerging. And that is that demons were attacking people because of the fact that they lacked elementary discipline in their spiritual life. Elementary spiritual discipline. What does that mean even concretely? It means this. It means that what we noticed is is that there is not an area in a person's life where they are consistently practicing self-denial every day. That's what it means that literally most people, even if they're going to daily mass or even if they're saying the rosary, etc., there's not a disciplined part of their life where they have to keep telling themselves no. 
So then we put them on the Angelus, 6, noon, and 6, and then we get that, can I do it at 7? Look, <laughs> this is exactly why we have you doing it at 6, because of the fact that you're, you're done disciplined, right? And then once they become disciplined, the demons leave, leave them alone, right? Or they just left them alone, by and large. But this is a key point because it tells us that most people in their, in their prayer life are undisciplined. They don't do it consistently. And so on an external level, before we even get to prayer uh, itself, one of the biggest obstacles to prayer is that people don't have a consistent time every single day where they're doing the prayer. You know, they're not getting up at 5 and then saying their prayers from 5 to 5.30 or whatever. They're just not doing it. And each person will adjust it based upon when they, could, they find their prayers the most uh, beneficial or that they have the best prayer. They can adjust it during the course of the day, but it has to be consistently every single day. There has to be a regimen that's put in place. Yeah, that, 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 let's talk about this clip a little bit. I want to I want to break out the, the key points. Um, that and again, this is this is the, the 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 this is the reason we have the father develop this protocol, the four phase protocol, and the prayer the prayer discipline that's that's part of it. And in, in my book, the Libra Christian Manual, is phase two of that protocol. Um, but we see that the demon responds to the imposition of order as much as to the prayers themselves. So the imposing of order is very critical. He, he said a couple of things very, very interesting. He said that that there must be a consistency in prayer, you know, um, not just asking for help when we need it, but consistently praying. Because what happens when, you know, um, it, it, you know, your kids come to you and they only call you your adult children um, or what I would lovingly say my wife's children. Right. Um if your kids come and call you, your adult children, your wife's adult children call you and they say, hey, uh, dad, I need some money. Well, it's funny. You only call me. We need money. You know, we need to be consistent. You know, God isn't our sugar daddy. You know, we need to be consistent in prayer. Uh, number two, he said the demons pattern. Um, and and we've I've seen that, that to be very true. My own experience that the demons do pattern out. And this is the pattern is because people lack elementary discipline, spiritual discipline. Um, and it, what, it, what included was, he said, that even after, even people that are praying the daily rosary and going to daily mass can be, a, are, are, are struggling because they never, they never say no to themselves. There is never any element of self-denial. If you line up a hundred of your Catholic friends, unless you're in a traditional community, um, eight, 95 out of those hundred have not given up meet on Fridays. Now, the church removed that, for example, but they said there should be some other other form of fasting. Um, I used to do another, I said, oh, well, I won't do dessert, I won't do this, and I found that it eventually just withered away. So I, when I started this thing eight, nine years ago, working with uh, cases of diabolic, I just started fasting meat on Fridays, and it's a lot harder than you think, especially a meat eater from Ohio, you know, I like meat and taters, you know, both food groups. So, so those little fasts, little small self-denials, shorter showers, getting up early, cold showers, uh, eliminating uh, the sweetener from your coffee, small little say no to yourself to mortify the lower self is very critical. And then he's, the last thing is you need a prayer regimen. It's very important that you have a regimen of prayer. Uh, 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 and that means not just randomly. I'll try it today. Try it tomorrow. I'll do it this time. I'll try. No, getting up at the same time. I'm a morning guy. I think you're a night guy. So I get up early. I was up 430 today doing my prayers, doing my grading and, and my research and then preparing for the podcast. But it's a regimen. It's a regimen. It's a discipline. Doug. Yeah, that's uh, 430 is about I went to bed about four. 
So, right. um, We're, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm but not, you, I don't you, see get, you get stuff done, but it's okay. You do, you have to, you got to find that time that works for you. Just like exercise. I, yeah. by 10 o'clock at night, you're working out and I'm, I'm going to bed, you know, but yeah, but, that's, and that is, that's, I've always been that way. Um, yeah. and I've tried to change that. It just doesn't work so well, but you got to work with, I, with who you are, you're the way God made you, yeah. including your prayer life. Yeah, I'm much more of a late night guy, so I, I I don't stay up till four normally. But um, but yeah, I, I will stay up late. But I will work out sometimes. I'll go out to my garage my, in my weight room there at ten thirty, ten forty five at night. If I if I haven't gotten it in during the day, I know I need to get it in. I'm going to get it in. Um, but you know, it, it is that's exactly right. That sense of discipline, that sense of of building it into your system. You know, I say that you know I, I try to do something six days a week. Sunday is optional. It's a day of uh, you know, it's a day of rest. It's a mini Easter, you know. But six days a week, I do something to try to keep the edge, uh, body, mind, and soul. Whether it's skip the meal, whether it's you know eat thirty minutes later, like you said, you know, cut out the sweetener, cut out the coffee. You know, I mean, that could be penance for people around you, but you know, you've got to <laughs> you've got to yes. take the steps to make sure that you're feeling something a little bit every day so you can stay on edge. We've become so excessive and so comfortable, it's very easy just to gravitate towards that. We have our sleep number beds, we have our lazy boy recliners, we have our, our smart TVs, we can tell the TV what channel now. We don't even have to hit the remote anymore. It's it's, And I don't even have that system or that piece turned on. You know, we have uh, thermostats that you can adjust while you're not home. I mean, and I'm not saying that these things don't have some benefit in some ways, but when we allow them to dominate us, then we just become softer and weaker. One of my favorite quotes is, the more comfortable you get, the, the softer you get. If you get soft, you'll get weak. If you get weak, you can't fight. And if you can't fight, you die. And that's physically and spiritually speaking. You know, just to kind of jump into last segment briefly, when you talk about, you know, someone's going to come into your house, break a window, kick in a door and hurt your family, what would you do? And men say, oh, I'd fight for them. You know, I'd, I'd say, okay, well, do you know how to fight? Are you in shape to fight? Have you Are you taking the steps to be trained up and be ready for that potential battle? But when it comes to the spiritual life, it's not a potential battle. It is a, you can guarantee that battle's coming. And so there has to be that daily sort of training. And that the key part of that is the discipline. You know, we were talking about this, you know, prior to the show. I think yesterday we were talking about it a little bit, you know, and it's just, it's an age old thing. People always want to find a new way to do something. Like you said, they're looking for that secret sauce. You know, where's that, that, that special way to just get everything fixed, a certain prayer, People do the same thing amino acids, whatever I got to do to get buff. What's the shortcut? And that's it. Yeah. What's the shortcut? And I, I remember years ago working out with a bunch of young guys that were, uh, they were, they were actually the sons, two or three of them were the sons. And they had a couple of friends with them of my neighbor up the street. And he said, Hey, would you teach my kids how to lift weights? I said, yeah, I'd love to. So they come down to my garage, you know, he'd come sometimes too. And so his sons are coming in their teenage boys, you know, with my, my teenage boys are there and I got my weights out in the garage and I'm showing them how to work out this and that. And after several weeks of this, they come down and a couple of them pull out these bottles of these little supplements. Mr. Barry, what do you think of these? And I look them over. I said, well, okay, you know, not bad, but they're, they're just kind of short of growth hormones. They're not steroids, but it's a step that direction of looking for the shortcut first. And I said, you know, you could put hundreds of these capsules and pills in your body and you may get some growth out of it, or you could go right over there. And I pointed to the weights and you can pick the bar up thousands of times and you do that your whole life you will find health and fitness into your 70s, 80s, and 90s. You're investing in future by the discipline of tried and true methods that work. 
And the supplements are not a shortcut. And I think people do the same thing with the prayer life, Dan. I mean, you know this. They they just want to, as long as I go to Mass on Sunday and I kind of clock in and clock out, I check that box, shouldn't that be enough? There needs to be the discipline of really engaging in this as an investment for the current, present time, and for the future as well. Yeah, yeah. There's always that the temptation for the secret, that the secret, that secret weapon. What prayer can I pray to break this type of curse? Or, you know, there, it's just a grind. You know, the spiritual yeah. life, it's a grind. It's it's spade work. You know, I was, well, I I was you, well, you gave, I'm sorry to cut you off. You gave a great talk when you're on our podcast and you said you were you were speaking somewhere and you said, Okay, everybody ready? One of the greatest prayers to battle the devil. Here we go. And you said everybody was kind of gearing up for it, you know, and then you start off with Hail Mary, full of grace. Yeah, explaining that this is one of the greatest prayers to defeat evil. Yeah, the Annunciation of the Incarnation by the angel Gabriel. Yeah, and Mary, full of grace. You're pretty. Like, you can't you, top some of that. Yeah, yeah. Keep it simple. Really, yeah. really keep it simple. And, and and we try to. If I do this prayer and I add this to the to the the Hail Mary, and if I pray this litany, if I do this, seek, mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way. Grind it out. Grind yeah. it out through holiness. Keep it simple, but keep it disciplined. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about, uh, we were talking about the battle of Amalek in Exodus 17. Yeah. Um, when And, and we'll, we've got a few minutes left. St. Paul talks about, um, I don't want you to be unaware at 1 Corinthians 10. Our ancestors were under the cloud and passed through the sea. They were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. They ate spiritual food and drank spiritual drinks. So they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. And the rock was Christ. And here we are in Exodus 17. Moses, the, the Israelites are complaining and grumbling, right? They're being very ultra crepidarian, if you will. And they're complaining and there's no water for us. And they're comp- and so Moses strikes the rock by God's command and water flows out, right? The place was called Massa, Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord saying, is the Lord in our midst or not? And we're in the same place. We're grumbling. We're in the same place. That same word grumbling, they quarreled and grumbled. John, the, 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 the Jews the Jewish leaders grumbled against Jesus when he said that I am the bread from heaven, right? Linking these two verses as well. But then this battle with Amalek at, Ref- at Rephidim, uh, Amalek came forward and waged war. And then this battle, Moses lifts up his hands. Joshua goes into the battlefield, um, pick out certain men, and tomorrow go out and engage Amalek in battle. I will be standing on the top with my staff in hand. And so Joshua did as Moses did. He engaged him in battle. And he climbed the top and he, and with Aaron and her. And so as long as Moses kept his hands raised up, Israel had the better of the fight. But when he let his hands rest, Amalek had the better. Moses' hands grew tired, so they put a rock for him to sit on. Another, you know, the rock. Meanwhile, Aaron and her supported his hands on one side and the other so that his hands remained steady until sunset. And Joshua mowed down Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. So we have a... We have a embedded is what our goal is you and i are joshua and we're in the battlefield for our families for truth for the truth and the and the eucharist is our is our is the moses is the priest holding his hands up the monastic sisters and, and the monks and sisters of the church are holding his hands up and so we go to the eucharist we go to the eucharist we go to in prayer we stay disciplined in prayer this is the key to us doug any final words 10 seconds what i you appreciate got? being with you brother look forward to the next time all right so uh, uh, there's your spiritual workout for today with me and with my good friend, Doug Barry. We'll have you back on soon, Doug, if you're, if you're up for it. I'm always up for it. Until next week, God bless you.